Welcome to the second episode of our podcast, Popcorn Hermeneutics. How you doing, Emmanuel? Doing well. Thank you very much, Ramon. How about you? Not too bad. Not too bad. Um, so today we're in a bit of an interesting position because we're going to be talking about a film which is not exactly recent, right? It's from 2014, if I'm not wrong. Yes, I think so. Yeah. And the film is Hurt. So as we'll explain later, we'll be doing some what we like to call throwback Thursdays, right? We'll drop the podcast on Thursday and it will be on a film or a series or something which is not exactly recent. And this kind of is in a gray area, though, I think, yeah. because we're just starting, right? There's a lot of great films that have been coming out in the last couple years. It's definitely not a throwback like Pulp Fiction, which we'll talk uh-huh. about. Now, if you would ask me why exactly I chose her, I think it's because I saw it, like, recently, so to say, and it had a big impact on me. Like, I really liked the film, and I really felt like it had some very interesting themes that we could talk about. Uh, and I think it's also very apropos because it speaks of, like, this, you know, a relationship with, like, I don't know, that you're having sort of at a distance because, you know, it's AI, human, and, well, now we're all mostly in quarantine, or we know mm. what that means to be in quarantine for months, so we're getting used to those distant relationships, or, like, non-physical relationships, so... Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And so I think this podcast this this film is mm-hmm. like you said definitely speaks to the cultural moment that we're living in you said you saw it recently and you told us a little bit what you thought what are what's kind of like your gut reaction what was your gut reaction to this film well i think my gut reaction to it was just i was very interested in the fact that it was a futuristic film and i kind of you know had the idea of oh this is probably going to be like another i don't know uh, blade runner or ghost in the shell or <laughs> Or, I don't know, um, yeah, you know, there's, like, just a bunch of AI movies that involve, like, robots and, and like, dystopian futures and stuff. But this this was set in the future, but it was, like, a very approximate future, like, a future that I think could happen in 10, 20 years. And, but it, that wasn't, like, the main focus of it, you know? It was more, it was more like a romance. And it was so well achieved, like, a romance between a guy and an OS system that I thought it was like, it was just like mind blowing, you know, this, this is an incredible film and it's also very human. And I think that's what struck me the most, that it's so human, but it's referring to like a romance with something that is not human. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yeah. I think, I think that that was like my, my impression really just like more of a heady thing, you know, like, wow, this, this is an interesting idea. Yeah. I have to say my, my experience when I saw it about a year ago, um, mirrors what you're talking about. I, I honestly can't say that I love the movie, right? Mm-hmm. Loved when I saw it. Um, I've grown to like it, I think. It's definitely, you know, gorgeous, uh, very well shot. Just, you know, I'm not huge into these these types of more, the finer points of cinematography, but but uh, the colors, right? Mm-hmm. I thought it was beautiful. But then just, I didn't I didn't really connect with it a lot, mm-hmm. I think. And maybe precisely, like you said, because it's, <laughs> it's not like Theodore is having like a real relationship or is he i don't know that's what we're going to be talking about right yeah, exactly. over the course of the podcast but um that's not to say uh scarlett johansson didn't do a fabulous job with the voice acting right but just yeah i guess very simply distilled my first impression not a huge fan would i see it again maybe maybe um i've already seen it twice by this point right so uh but yeah but again mirrors your experience because it was interesting it was the ideas, I think, that, that, that really grabbed me more than anything. Yeah. 
And uh, I think a good starting point for the movie is precisely what you're talking about, the cinematography. It it presents as, like, a very muted world in a sense. I don't know, like, very mm. like pastel colors, a lot of, like, whites and creams. And, like, even the reds are, like, toned down. I don't know. Just the colors were were very muted, so to say. And also the music, just, like, that combined with the music that was also just very, like, romancy and, like, slow, nice, I don't know, like, soft music. Gave me this feel of, in a sense, like isolation at the beginning as well. Just like this eerie. I, I remember the movie begins with like these eerie electronic sounds, like mm. I don't know, like something yeah, strange like yeah. that, like an alarm almost. And and then you just you know you see the people in the world just like walking around and like the, the main character Theodore, and and I got this feel of like loneliness, you know. And I think that the movie really, like the cinematography, reflects kind of the emotions of the movie as they progress. Because then later on, when, when when we're talking about the romance, there's a lot more like brighter colors and everything. So I, I, I really love the cinematography and the music as well. But going now to the point, um, mm-hmm. I think there's this, as we said at the beginning, there's this loneliness. And we meet this character and, and like the whole movie is about him and his relationships. Absolutely. And, and as we progress, we, we find him in different situations in relationship with different people and then ultimately with Samantha. Mm-hmm. And I think like that, that's like the core of the movie. You know, this man that is lonely and that kind of like, learns to find himself in relationships with others Mm -hmm. so that's the theme that we're going to be talking about today turn of you do you have anything yeah um no i just i totally agree with you and you know i think what what i'm hearing when you're saying because you spoke before about sci-fi now you spoke about romance and we're definitely going to be looking at the movie more as a romance right Mm -hmm. sci-fi is interesting and and we were talking before the podcast about how a lot of the episodes we have lined up are precisely on series and films which are sci-fi right and it's a genre that i like a lot that i know you like a lot Uh um but here we're we're within that realm and it it, it allows i think sci-fi allows for it it, there's a little bit more space between us and reality right Mm -hmm. it's not kind of trying to tell a story of the world as it is today right which gives a lot more freedom to kind of riff off of ideas and, and and inject them um make them more palpable i think uh in the sense that you, you have more space to allow the imagination to create kind of whatever it wants, right? Mm-hmm. And we'll see that, I think, when we get to when we get to talking about Theodore's relationship with Samantha in particular, right? But but again, this isn't, we're not going to be talking about AI. That's for a later episode, hopefully, right? Yeah, what well, you were talking about now, about this this uh, distance, so to say, and the, and the fact that this distance kind of allows for ideas to be the importance, the central fact. I think it also allows us to... to kind of dissect humanity so to say and like mm. analyze just like one aspect you know like most sci-fi movies are about like a couple of aspects you know either political or like they talk about like what does it mean to be human etc mm-hmm. and, and i think mm-hmm. this movie as we were saying it talks about relationships and technology is, is approached in a way that you know it doesn't change our fundamental human needs you know like we see that technology is there present but it doesn't, it doesn't ultimately change who we are. We still have these fundamental needs, you know? And and so it's interesting to see how they they don't change them, but they do help us or maybe hinder us from going about, you know, achieving our human needs. And in this sense, I think the movie is a perfect example because we're talking about relationships and, and technology within the movie, the AI still refers to this like fundamental need mm. of like romance yeah. and a relationship yeah um yeah totally i absolutely agree i think uh 
maybe let's start getting like a little more concrete now, right? We've been talking about these ideas. We've got the introduction all set up, right? We know what we're talking about. So let's get kind of con con concrete. I really like that you said at the beginning, we see Theodore as this kind of essentially like lonely person, right? Mm -hmm. And you just see it in so many different ways. Like, I think his job, I mean, <laughs> is there anything like more, I don't know, sad maybe isn't the right word, but like that's the word that comes to me. Then like this single guy who's writing love letters for other people that he doesn't even really <laughs> know. Like that's his, yeah. like, and you see at the same time, it's very interesting. You see how much he's into that, right? Mm -hmm. He's into these kind of disembodied relationships, which we'll talk about more later, right? Um, and then again, uh, just the type of activities he engages in there at the beginning of the movie. He's kind of, you get the idea, he's kind of addicted to this video game that he has, right? Mm -hmm. um, or at least he plays it quite a bit. Um, and then I think getting along to looking at the relationships that he does kind of enter into over the course of the film, you have, like we have to start with talking about his, well, it's not really a relationship, it's just kind of an encounter, right, with <laughs> quote-unquote sexy kitten, <laughs> yeah. right? Um, which is, again, like it's just... It's 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 something which I think again is is a quintessentially kind of lonely act or decision, right? He's looking for something, right? He's looking for a relationship, he's looking for a person, or maybe he's just looking for sex, maybe he's just looking for pleasure, right? But mm -hmm. he like he, he he doesn't even like look for that in a real way. I think he like he 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 goes on this online chat room. He like he finds this mm -hmm. this woman, sexy kitten, whatever they they do their thing, and and I don't know, like what what? How do you see that kind of first encounter that he has? Well, I think, and you mentioned something interesting, like what, like does he just want sex, or does he you know is he searching for something deeper? And I think the fact that we encounter him as a lonely person is precisely like we can understand that if we say that a fundamental human need is love. And I know it sounds super cliche, but mm. it's necessary. I mean, it's, we can't get around the fact that <laughs> yeah. we need love. And, like, yeah. love is, like, one of the centerpieces of our, of the development of our personality of, like, you know, of who we are, what we want in life. Um, we all need love, right? So then he's lonely. He doesn't have somebody to love him. And so what's the thing that he's doing? He's, he's searching for that in, in some way, which is, I think, this, this encounter, this phone sex if you want to call it mm -hmm. that he tries to do with a sexy kid which ends up being a complete failure because like <laughs> he has no idea what she wants like it's just a stranger on a you know the other side of the phone or whatever like he's never seen her he and so i think we have like this first approach to this disembodied relationship but it's one in which like they they have like they have no idea who the other is and they don't really care either they're just there for the pleasure of the moment mm -hmm. and i think we realize since it fails in the way that it fails you know that <laughs> choke she, me with the dead cat yeah, exactly like, choke me with the dead cat like, thing what on earth like and he feels super uncomfortable and it, it just goes downhill from there and then it just ends abruptly i think he realizes in that moment like no this is definitely not what i'm looking for because <laughs> like it, it gave him no i mean maybe a little bit of physical pleasure but other than that like he's still alone and he's there uncomfortable because of what happened. And I think it's, it's, so it's very like a poignant moment of just furthering his loneliness, how just like seeking just for like a topical cure, so to say, to the deep wound that he has, which would be just like sex. 
leaves him with even more pain than before. Yeah, and I think it's really interesting. Um, I don't know if you jumped the gun or if it just slipped out. You mentioned like this deep wound that he has, right, that Theodore mm -hmm. has. And I really liked what you were saying before as well, right, that it is kind of cliche, like, you know, what is love? But but it's it's huge. Like, the way we answer that question determines a huge amount of, of, mm -hmm. of our lives and what we dedicate ourselves to and what our priorities are and how we treat people, right? And so in that sense... Um, I think it is absolutely true that you know, the, what we conceive of love to be mm -hmm. and therefore the way we approach love is dependent on the experiences that we've had of love before mm -hmm. in our lives, right? And, and the movie gives us just this tiny glimpse, but it's so, <laughs> it's, it's, it's amazing. Like, it's just this tiny glimpse of where that, the way Theodore approaches relationships, mm -hmm. where that might come from, precisely, I think, like a wound, right? Quote, unquote. But, like, it's, it's so small within the movie, you could miss it, but it's played out in such a huge way later on in the relationships that it's, like, once you catch it, you can't not see it. So mm -hmm. uh, let's just play that scene real quick okay. where it comes out. Welcome to the world's first artificially intelligent operating system, OS-1. We'd like to ask you a few basic questions before the operating system is initiated. This will help create an OS to best fit your needs. Okay. Would you like your OS to have a male or female voice? Female, I guess. How would you describe your relationship with your mother? That's fine, I think. Um, well, actually, I think the thing I always found frustrating about my mom is, you know, if I, if I tell her something that's going on in my life, her reaction is usually about her. <laughs> it's not about... Thank you. Please wait as your individualized operating system is initiated. There you have it. Like that—that's all it takes to make a person for you. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, uh, just tell me if you want male or female, and then like, what was your relationship with your mother? <laughs> yeah, and it's it's amazing, and it like we do. I think it is clear to say like at the beginning. I don't think either of us are in favor of kind of like just a reduction of the person and their relationships to uh, a string of experiences that they've had in their past, right? Mm -hmm. But we are. While we're not we're not determined by those things, and those things don't kind of make up essentially who we are, mm -hmm. they do they they play out hugely in our lives. They do condition us in some sense, right? Yeah. Anyways, with that kind of being said, back to the movie. Yeah. So so uh, that's I think the that experience with with the phone line, the phone sex thing, um, is like the first relationship, so to say, that we see Theodore. Enter into or like first attempt at a relationship. First attempt maybe. at a relationship, yeah, because it wasn't really a relationship. <laughs> no. And then later on, he he creates Samantha, but it's you know we're just kind of meeting her. But as soon as we we meet Samantha, there like another important relationship comes into play, which I think is you know there's like attempt at a date that Theodore has. Mm, yeah. With this person who interestingly doesn't even have a name like on yeah. the cast. And I think uh, that's huge. Like I think that's a that's a yeah. that's a very important point, but. Go ahead. I'm just going to say, like, we will call her Olivia Wilde because it's, it's the, yeah. the actress's name. But mm -hmm. since she doesn't have a name, we'll just call her by her mm -hmm. actress name. And, like, the question is, does, like, does Theodore even know her name? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Anyways. So, yeah. So uh, we have this in interesting scenario where, you know, he goes on this date with this woman. And it looks like they're hitting it off quite well. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know. They're having fun. Having, I mean, kind of a strange conversation, to be <laughs> honest. But, but still, you know, kind of, like, romantic and... and both of them are happy. But then when it comes down to, to like, confront each other about what they want from the other, they're like, the, the problem arises, right? 
And I think going back to what we're talking about, like this reference to Theodore's mother, we realize that he kind of believes that he's the one that's like being shunned, you know, when, at least when his mother, when referring to his mother, like whenever he wanted to say something, she would, she would start talking about herself, mm-hmm. you know? But if we realize, I mean, I think ultimately Theodore does that all the time. Like yeah. every time that somebody starts talking about themselves, he like, he's like, okay, yeah, it's going to be nice. But then like he, he, you know, he wants to like throw himself out there. So to say like he wants to talk about himself and what he mm-hmm. wants, et cetera. And I think this, this scene with Olivia Wilde, this, this last part of the date kind of showcases that because she says, you know, are you going to be one of those guys that, you know, just has basically like has fun for the night and then after that just won't call ever again? Mm-hmm. And, it could, and she clearly states that she's not real, you know, she doesn't want a relationship like that. She wants something deeper. And Theodore is like, uh, yeah, you know, I don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's like the tip. I mean, because <laughs> she's like, when are you going to call me? And he's like, uh, well, you know, I have my niece's birthday party <laughs> over the weekend. You're like, no, man, seriously. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, you can do better than that. But anyways, yeah, it's, it's just clear <laughs> that he's not, like, he's not, like, willing, I think, to, he might be willing to see her needs. Mm-hmm but really to recognize them as as something which he might like be called upon to meet like he's not there yeah, i think he's definitely not there i think that scene is there precisely to show us where he's at in terms of relationships you know he's just not it's not that he's a bad guy and it's not that he he doesn't want to have a deeper relationship because as we said he does he, he knows he needs it he's lonely but just you know he has like this fear i mean he he just like he's going through a divorce right that's mm-hmm. also another yeah. important element to the story yeah, that we haven't sure, talked about sure. yet so he's he's hurt and he doesn't want to get hurt again. So he says no. Um, and I think we'll give it to him. Like <laughs> it was okay for him not to go into this relationship seriously because he knew that he probably wasn't going to be able to give everything that this woman wanted from him. You know, mm-hmm. I think it's it's it was a wise decision, so to say, in a sense. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it shows us precisely that that he's he's not the most selfless guy. You know, sure he he. He was willing to have fun with the woman for a while, mm. you know, but he wasn't willing to, like, give her more of himself. Yeah. And, you know, and it's interesting that this should come out literally, like, they're having their first date, right? Mm-hmm. And that's clear that from the beginning of the relationship, coming to know what she wanted, like, he wasn't willing to go there or wasn't able to go there, maybe. Like, I don't know, right? You know, you mentioned briefly Theodore's relationship with his ex-wife, or they're in the process of the divorce and, and things like that, right? Mm-hmm. And I think the same type of dynamic, right, where Theodore is unable to to really see and meet, right, the the needs maybe or or the wants of of the people he's in a relationship with. I think that kind of that's seen as well very clearly in his relationship with his wife, right? Like well, over the course of the movie, you see, like, all these flashbacks, right? And mm-hmm. it's, like, every flashback is something, like, super romantic, right? They're kind of, like, giggling in bed or they're moving the sofa around or I think at one point they're on a beach or something like that. I don't remember exactly. But just that, like, and that's how Theodore envisions his relationship with his wife and how he, he wants it to be, right? Something which is going to be kind of really romantic. And she even says, right, you know, you wanted something along the lines of, like, you wanted me to always be happy and bubbly and that's just not me, right? Mm-hmm. So you as well have, like, within the relationship with his wife, like, this dynamic where he, like, he's not able to give her the amount of space, I guess, the freedom maybe, right, to to be herself. Yes, and I think 
this is an interesting point because we can say that Theodore has like this ideal of what romance is or what, what his love life, his relationship should look like. And that's what he wants. And he, he tries to, the reason why his marriage didn't work out apparently is that he kind of forced that ideal onto the reality that was there. You know, this his his wife who also has needs, who also has ideals, who also has wounds, has to be as well just accepted for who she is. And then it's not, this is not to say that you can't have like an ideal of, of romance, you know, that mm-hmm. he can't like, so to say, strive towards a happy marriage where there's a lot of romance and things going on. But you have to kind of adjust that to the reality of things, you know, and you have to accept the other person as they are. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, talk about these things. And, and I think maybe that wasn't, I mean, we don't know much about their marriage, but it seems mm-hmm. like, like this is an important, you know, element of that relationship, just ideal versus reality. Mm-hmm. And yeah. No, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say that this this moves leads us on to, like, the next relationship, which is the important one, the central one of the movie, mm. which is his relationship with Samantha. Yeah, totally. Uh, if I can just throw something in here real quick. I think that, you know, that interplay between, like, ideal and reality is, is huge, right? And I think we can, <laughs> you know, I think, uh, you know, you and I, in our studies right, in of philosophy have seen that there's this kind of this huge kind of dividing line down, down the history of philosophy, but it, it enters into our, like into our normal lives and the way we confront problems mm-hmm. and the way we relate ourselves to other people. And so it's very concrete as well, kind of this division between reality and idea or ideal, right? And by reality, I think in this context, we can say like uh, everything you bring to the table, right? Every, like everything that makes up what you are. And, and by ideal, right? I think we can say what your vision of what of where you want to go is, mm-hmm. right? Like what, what you think is going to, I don't know, again, <laughs> dealing in cliches a little bit, right? But what you think is going to like make you happy or give you happiness, right? But just that, right? And I think precisely like you said, Samantha is going to be a huge key for unlocking this. So maybe if you want to jump right into that. Yeah, so an important element to understand this Samantha relationship, at least how Theodore approaches it, is the fact that he buys <laughs> an OS, like... He doesn't really know what it is. And so we could say technically speaking. And then he, he later on kind of creates her by asking for female voice and then talking about his mom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so this is how the relationship starts between both of them. Like Theodore buys her and then Samantha appears. And then, you know, the relationship begins. And little by little, we start realizing, I think, the audience and Theodore progressively that Samantha is definitely not an object like she's not a computer so to say like she it really seems like she's a person you know mm-hmm. and she and eventually little by little she, she starts becoming more and more free etc but theodore approaches i think the relationship with samantha like this like she's kind of like this ideal romance later on in the movie obviously like at the beginning she's just kind of like an assistant so to say like she reads his emails and stuff like that but then mm-hmm. as the relationship progresses into more a romantic relationship like theodore starts in a sense, I think imposing things onto Samantha that he expects of this relationship. For example, I don't know, like a clear example. They're having, they're both, you know, having sex, if you can call it that, because like she doesn't have a body and he does. Yeah. And then he, he kind of like starts describing her in that moment, like as if she had a physical body. Mm-hmm. And she kind of goes on with it and accepts it and they move on. <laughs> mm-hmm. And and I was thinking, you know, like in reality, I think it, it didn't even cross Theodore's mind that he should ask her like, what does intimacy mean for you you know like what mm-hmm. since you're just a mind <laughs> yeah, so to say a computer. um but he automatically just imposes what his needs are as a human which is another physical body 
to be intimate with, you know? Mm-hmm. And and Samantha just kind of, like, goes on with it. And and little by little, we just start seeing Samantha kind of pandering to Theo's needs. Mm-hmm. And hence, I think this idea becomes stronger in Theodore. And I think it's, it's so to say, a very common idea amongst us. That, you know, if you kind of, like, give... You give enough in a relationship so that you can take from that relationship. Yeah. You, know? you invest. It's kind of like a like little bank, you know. Mm-hmm. I think Stephen Covey t- speaks of this. Yeah, Stephen Covey, right? The, yeah. Yeah, the piggy bank relationship or whatever it is. Uh-huh. Where you like, you invest in somebody by, I don't know, different acts of service or of love, if you want to call it that way. So that later you have like the right to take it or yeah. from, to take, to receive love from mm-hmm. them. But I really think that like that's not the right approach <laughs> to relationship. Yeah, totally. I think it, it's it's funny that you mentioned that. You know, one like a mentor of mine at one point. Um, I imagine he took it from Stephen Covey. I just thought it was his original idea and thought he was kind of a genius at the time. But he like <laughs> was explaining that to me. Like I was kind of having like different relationship problems, and he was like, "Look, like relationships are like a bank. Like you put in to other people's banks so that later you can take out of them. But you need to put in, right?" And I think there is something true there insofar as when you mm-hmm. approach a relationship, you should approach it with that putting into the other person's relationship or into the other person's bank. Yeah. <laughs> but if you have with that, like hand in hand, the idea that that gives me the right to take from their bank, mm-hmm. I think that's where, you know, the approach to relationships that we see in Theodore and that I think, you know, at least I can say that it's something that I see in myself as well, right? Mm-hmm. That that's not right that's not the best way i think to approach a relationship and i think when we talk about relationship at this point right we can be talking about really any type of relationship in her we see mostly romantic relationships although there's Mm -hmm. this friendship that comes out with amy although at the end it's like ambiguous if it's going to be romantic or not (laughs) right but i think this applies not just to romantic relationships right but like to any relationship to friendships right to family members as well and just this as well like this reality and and ideal kind of bringing the reality into the picture, right? And not just staying on this level of the ideal, kind of like we've seen with Theodore, like Samantha's just kind of like this ideal antiseptic or septic or (laughs) whatever, like this kind of sanitized uh, idea of like the ideal relationship that he could have that just kind of caters to his needs. Mm -hmm. Part of accepting the reality is not just knowing like where I come from, right? For Theodore, like the thing with his mom. But as well, like knowing where the other person comes from, right? And mm-hmm. and and that's precisely, I think, what ties it in with what you were just saying, like recognizing as well the needs of the others or, or of the other, or like what might be the other person's uh, wants. And the movie makes it interesting precisely by showing us how Samantha progressively becomes more and more detached, so to say, from from Theodore, mm. and then how she develops like freely into herself, you know, to who she should be and is no longer catering to Theodore's needs and I think it it showcases like the reality of any relationship because we cannot expect the other person as we said you know like to to be available for me to take whenever I want since I have given you know Mm -hmm. we have to accept that sometimes they won't be willing to give because like it's just not you know they're upset or whatever or or because they're free human beings as well you know so I think yeah I think that element is, is seen in the movie with his Samantha becoming more and more detached and Theodore having to accept that. And I think this process is a learning process for Theodore, which is something that I love about the movie because like mm. Samantha was kind of like a helping guy, like a mentor, so to say, for Theodore to learn to have deeper, more meaningful relationships. Yeah, yeah. 
and to move from this idea of of like wanting to control everything in a relationship towards his ideal of that relationship to accept the reality that the other person also has ideals and desires and that I have to take that into account as well when I come into a relationship. Totally. And I think, you know, just riffing off of that, like if Samantha is somehow, we can take her as maybe a, a metaphor, mm-hmm. right, of what Theodore's ideal relationship is, the fact that she herself changes, right, and then ultimately kind of like asserts her like what she needs from, I don't know, the universe and being. <laughs> when she like just that kind of section when when she leaves and, yeah, and like becomes, very vague fra- phrase yeah, of it's, like it's. I'm I'm learning to see the spaces between the words and like. Yeah, it's like whatever you get the idea. She's becoming some kind of supercomputer mind spirit thing that like God is <laughs> gonna be God or whatever. The point being that she like she asserts what she needs in the relationship. Mm-hmm. She has this whole transformation. From this transformation, I think we can also draw. If we take her as a metaphor, like you were saying, right, that Theodore's way of approaching relationships has been transforming, but it's been transforming precisely within a relationship. Mm-hmm. Right? And I think that's as well something we can draw from the movie, maybe making, uh, I don't know, going to like a deeper level here, something like those things that we see in ourselves, that reality, right? In the sense that what we bring to the table, what we bring to any relationship, friendship or romantic or whatever, anything in between, that is, I guess, negatively affecting the way we relate to other people. Like, those things are only going to be fixed in within the context of another relationship. And I think that's also something we can draw from the movie, right, between mm-hmm. Samantha and Theodore. Yeah, and I think, as we were saying, this, this learning experience for Theodore, in the end, is really enriching because he finally, he says goodbye to Samantha because Samantha's become this... <laughs> Almighty mind, as we've said, or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Like she just disappears into the vastness of the internet or something. But then what what does Theodore do after this? You know? He goes with his good friend Amy and they I don't know what they do. I mean the movie just kind of ends with them being together and talking and we don't really know what they're saying, but we kind of intuit that, that Theodore really has come out from this relationship a new man. And he even writes his wife, his, his well, his ex wife at this mm-hmm. point now, pr- apologizing for like, you know, any shortcoming or shortcomings in the relationship. Mm-hmm. So it's really we see like this maturing man finally realizing what a true relationship should be. And I think that that is precisely this embracing of reality of the fact that the other person is free. As we were saying as this with, with Samantha, the, the metaphor, so to say, mm-hmm. the, other, the other person is completely free and has their own needs. And that if I want to, to establish a relationship with them, I can't just come in with my, pa- you know, with my baggage and like expect my relationship to be what comes out of this, of this romance or of this friendship or whatever. I also have to accept the other person's baggage and together come up with like a common baggage. So to say like, <laughs> what do we want, you know? Yeah. And, and where do our ideals and where do our, where do our wounds, uh, or rather where, where do our, our ideals lead us together? And where do our, where do we foresee our wounds hindering us from reaching those ideals? Mm-hmm. And I think that type of conversation has to be like central to any relationship, even a friendship, you know? Yeah. For it to like, be meaningful and long-lasting and not just end up being you know some sugary romance that dies after a little bit because we weren't mm-hmm. really willing to commit or just a one-night stand or just you know like the different things that we see happen th- or even like movies. a you know a marriage that dies quote-unquote right Eventually, yeah you know i mean things happen life happens but you know i think i think you had a really great point there right that these these conversations are what allows us 
to move forward right? mm-hmm. and to, to, to continue growing in these relationships. We're wrapping up here a little bit, so if you wanted to say something. Yeah, I was just going to say that ultimately we are human and we know that we're going to fail in relationships. Mm, yeah. But as we see in Theodore, I think each relationship is really a moment to learn from ourselves, from what we want, from what we need, what we're looking for in another person. And I think every time we, we come out of a relationship, we should really stop and like think, okay, how did this help me become a better person? Or how did, you know, what, what can I take from this relationship? So I think it's always interesting yeah. to just stop and think about the different relationships that we've had and like analyze them and see. Yeah. And it's an exercise that we don't usually do. <laughs> no. But I think like... I mean, I, especially as guys, maybe. Yeah, especially <laughs> as guys. Um, but yeah, definitely. So thank you, Her, for making us ponder relationships yeah ponder relationships definitely and i think we've been able to draw a lot of really interesting thoughts a lot of really interesting Mm -hmm. lessons from this movie and again that's what we're all about here at at popcorn hermeneutics right like we want to we want to really dig into what these films might be saying to us what they might speak to our experiences right and uh and yeah and share that with all of you Mm -hmm. yeah just remember that here at the, the podcast, like our main goal isn't really to <laughs> like be a self-help podcast or something <laughs> no, like that. Definitely not. Um, Do we're not, not us. relationship gurus. <laughs> and as well, we're not trying to, you know, necessarily say like, this is exactly what Spike Jones wanted to talk about when mm-hmm. he made her or something, you know, mm-hmm. but it's, it's really just like trying to help you enter into this exercise of like, not just consuming entertainment for the sake of entertainment, you know, mm-hmm. but like, since we're already going to watch a lot of entertainment, <laughs> we might as well draw something interesting absolutely, and important and that touches our lives from it, you know? I totally agree. And, you know, with that spiel... We end the show. We end the show. So thanks a lot for listening. Thanks, Emmanuel. Thank and you, Ramon. Join us next week. See y'all later. Hey, guys. Ramon here. Thanks for joining us in this discussion of the movie Her. Check out our Instagram page at popcorn underscore hermeneutics and join us next week for our first Throwback Thursday edition and our first guest as we talk about the movie Pulp Fiction. See you next week.